What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. everyone, Lindsay here. The Super Bowl is this weekend, as you all might know, and history is being made. Katie Sowers is the first woman to ever coach in the uh, Super Bowl and the first ever out coach in the Super Bowl. So she is an assistant offensive coach for the San Francisco 49ers. And we actually interviewed her on Burn It All Down back in episode 98. In honor of her big achievement, we wanted to replay that interview for you all today. So here it is. All right, this week I had the honor of talking with Katie Sowers. Katie is in her third season in the NFL as an assistant coach. She's currently with the San Francisco 49ers as an offensive assistant. Katie played for eight years in the Women's Fo- Football Alliance, and she was a member of 2013 United States Women's National Football Team. In 2016, she started her NFL coaching career during the offseason and training camp with the Atlantic Falcons. And then she joined the San Francisco 49ers in 2017 on the Bill Walsh Minority Fellowship, where she started working with the team's wide receivers. I want to give a shout out. She's going to talk in this interview about her uh, mentor, Scott Pioli, and how much he did for her career. And we wanted to give a shout out to the Scott Pioli and Family Fund for Women Football Coaches and Scouts, which is a new fund that's done in conjunction with the Women's Sports Foundation. So this is a great way to help aspiring female football coaches and scouts pursue and advance careers in collegiate and professional football. All right. I am so excited to be here with Katie Sowers, the brilliant one. And Katie, okay, as a woman who works in sports, I refuse usually to start questions with or start interviews with how did you get into X sport? But with football, I feel like it's a little bit different because (laughs) women are not do not grow up uh, typically playing the sport and it's not kind of built into our college systems. So I'm going to give myself a pass here and kind of start there. Like, how did you get into playing, you know, American football? Because I know you were you were an athlete first before you became a coach. Well, I appreciate you having me on the show, and I don't mind this question at all. I actually am pretty used to answering (laughs) it, but growing up, I always really loved football. I I don't know what it was, but my twin sister and I would always play football in the backyard. I remember one of the best Christmas presents I ever received was back in the early 90s. My parents knew how much my sister and I loved football, and so they got us all these old used uh pads and helmets from the college my dad was coaching women's college basketball at and you know probably to them they were like well we're getting rid of these but to my twin sister and I it was like one of the best gifts you could possibly give somebody so 
I always kind of knew that football was a love and passion of mine, but I didn't think that girls could play football. So I even have some journal entries where I said, well, since I can't play football, I guess I'll play basketball. Went on, played a number of different sports throughout college and came back and found a women's tackle football league after college. And that's kind of how it got me back on the football path. Yeah, no, no, you, I mean, you ended up playing for the U.S. national team in football, which I think a lot of people don't even know we have, but it's so important. But when did you, you know, there's a saying that you can't be what you can't see. And we certainly don't see many women on the NFL sidelines. So when did actually coaching in the NFL become a possibility for you? You know, it wasn't until I saw Becky Hammond coaching in the NBA and that was when she first started this before there were any internships or anything going on with women in the NFL and I remember I you know at the time I was coaching youth football I was trying to coach you know get into coaching at some level Um, I was thinking basketball at that point because that was really what you know I had my mind set on since after you know moving on from football when I was young but I saw her and I, I remember posting on my Instagram, NFL, I'm coming for you. And it was a picture of me coaching youth football at the time. And that was prior to really, that was the first moment where I kind of had an aha moment. And it's crazy with how passionate I was about football, how passionate I was about coaching, that it never registered to me that that could be a possibility for me. And seeing that really made it a possibility and I knew it was going to happen. That's incredible. So what year was that? And and how did you because I know you got eventually started with a it was a Scott Pioli fellowship, I believe, with the Atlantic Falcons. So what was the timeline from that Instagram post to getting that that coaching fellowship? So that Instagram post, I believe was in 2014, I want to say. So that should have been around the time Becky Hammond was yeah. kind of starting. I mean, that's the exactly NBA. the timeline. Yeah. Yeah, and so it wasn't until 2016 that I got the internship. So I, you know, I I started coaching Scott's daughter around that time, coached her for a couple years, and we just kept in contact. Scott ended up moving to Atlanta to be the assistant general manager for the Falcons. He was previously the former general manager for the Chiefs, and he just, we maintained this, this, he was my mentor, he was my friend, he was kind of the guy that, I went to to talk to 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 really get to know the NFL culture and you know it it just opportunities came up he helped me get into the East West Shrine game um, and really built helped to build my resume in the NFL and and gain experience before I was actually thrown into that internship in Atlanta. That's incredible I just love to hear that about that partnership because I I feel like oftentimes you hear like oh they helped me but it's nothing you don't hear about these long lasting connections that are really built. So when you said you coached his daughter was she playing in the little in the the football league youth football league that you were coaching? Well, I, I actually coached his daughter in basketball. So I was coaching oh. both. <laughs> wow. I was coaching in the fall. Yeah, I was coaching youth in the fall and then it was kind of that overlap where then basketball started. So I would go from coaching, it was, I, we actually did have a female on our team, but it was mainly eighth grade boys, you know, coaching football to fifth grade girls basketball, which was pretty fun. But I, I you know, I love, I enjoyed everything. I enjoyed everybody that I've met and it's just crazy being, you know, the things that happen and the, the people that you'll meet and you never know when that, that opportunity is going to come up where, 
you know, you're, you're, I, I, the whole time I thought I was coaching fifth grade basketball and, you know, I was, I thought I was, I was working towards a certain goal, but little did I know that that experience was going to lead me to where I am today. Wow. That is remarkable. What was the first moment on the sidelines of an NFL game? What What are your first memories from that moment? And how did you feel? You know, it, I remember, I actually, I remember walking out. It would have been at the Georgia Dome when I really, truly had my first experience. And I remember walking out and it was almost a surreal moment where everything that I had dreamed about when I was little and I thought I never would get to achieve, you know, the, the small things like looking around and seeing all these helmets that matched and being on a, what I used to call in a journal, a real football team. You know, I, I got to experience that uh, a little bit while I played in the women's league. We, you know, they don't offer the things that they offer and the experiences are not the same because the game is just not as developed and hopefully it'll get there. But the experience I had in that first NFL game was truly amazing. And I remember just thinking I was doing it for that little girl back then. And I was pretty excited to do that. That's really remarkable. Early on when you were with San Francisco, I think it was a couple of years ago, you opened up about your sexuality, about being gay. Why was that important for you? Because you can think, you know, you were already breaking so many barriers as a woman, might not want to draw a lot of attention to yourself. But why was it important for you to come out and, and make that statement and be true about who you were? You know, it was never about coming out and making a statement. I it actually just happened. I didn't even know the story was going to get as big as it did. It was just one of those things is, you know, I was dating somebody at the time. It's okay if we mention who you're dating. You know, I, I said, that's fine. I, I've been out for a really long time. So I didn't see why I wouldn't. I just think, you know, I, I never wanted to hide that because the more authentic we are, the more real we are. First of all, the better workers we are, the happier we are, but the more, the better coaches we are. I mean, Coaching is all about getting buy-in uh, and having people trust you and, and trust who you are. And if they don't know who you are, then how can you really get that buy-in from anybody? So I, I just think being authentic is the best way to go. And that's what I did. What is the reception locker room been? There's always, I'm a, look, I'm a huge football fan. Uh, you know, grew up loving the Carolina Panthers, still do. And, you know, I'm always told even that, you know, football isn't a friendly place for women and that there's a lot of homophobia in the sport. What have you experienced actually being there? I have not received any type of homophobia or anything like that. I've had players have gone out of their way to come into my office and, and tell me how, how important it is that, you know, that article came out, how cool it is. People have talked about their siblings being gay. I've had coaches talk to me about, you know, people in their family that are gay and just how important that is. So it was a really, really good reception. I love it. That's so good to hear. It's just, I, it's really heartwarming, especially like that they've gone out of their way to really make sure that you know that you're accepted and a part of this community. So what is the biggest thing you've learned as a coach these past few years? What's been, where's your biggest growth come from? You know, I think a lot of it is just the internal desire to get better. I think in, especially in the position that I'm in, we can often make excuses. Oh, they don't, you know, they don't want me to do this because I'm a woman. Oh, I'm not getting opportunities. Oh, like they haven't come across this obstacle having a woman. The locker rooms are, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. But 
there's a point where you have to stop making excuses and just get better. I remember I used to tell my dad, my dad when my dad was, you know, he's a retired coach, and I used to come home when I was young and say, I feel so out of shape. The coaches aren't running us enough. And he would just look at me with no pity and just say, can you run on your own? And I, I would say, well, yeah. And he said, so I don't want to hear you complain about it. And that's kind of the mindset, you, you know, we, we live our whole life and we expect people to train us or, you know, but we are in charge of what we can control. And so that's the main thing that I've learned is when it comes to learning this game, yeah, I, I've, I don't have the experience in terms of like, I didn't get to watch film in college. I didn't get, I don't have the network that a lot of people do, but that's no excuse. And I'm, I'm just going to work even harder. I think, you know, you brought up the locker rooms and, you know, I'm a big, I've written in tennis a lot. And, you know, when Andy Murray had a female coach, he was like, everyone keeps asking me about the locker rooms, but it's no big deal. We just meet outside the locker rooms, you know, we just meet in the hallway. But of course, football is, it seems like a lot more revolves around the locker rooms and since the whole team's in there. Has that been a barrier or has that been pretty easy to work around? For me, it's been very easy. I mean, there's nothing to work around. And I, and I don't want to say it's because of my sexuality, because I don't think it is at all. I think the locker room is a place for players. It's a safe place for players. And I think whether you're a man or you're a woman, it's not a place that anyone who is not a player should really truly be hanging out. We are in there to do what we need to do, and we get out. And I think that's the main thing. And sometimes that gets overlooked and you start to question, well, why can't a woman be in there? Do you think, is it not safe for her? Is it uncomfortable for other people? I mean, the bottom line is that's a safe place for players. And it doesn't matter what gender you are. Um, we know our role and we know where we're supposed to be. It's a workplace at the end of the day, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So what is your career trajectory now? What are your goals going forward? My goals are really just to continue to grow as a coach, um, to create value in, in whatever position I'm in. I would love to be a head coach someday. I know that that's, that's some time down the road, but you know, I'm just going to take it day by day and continue to grow. It's so exciting. Okay, final question. And this is a little bit embarrassing. But I so I follow you on Instagram, because I love all the photos you post. And you know how on Instagram, it'll show you like if someone you followed liked something else, you know? Yeah. So that's how yeah. I found out that you two watch The Bachelor. So oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> As do I. So I have to ask you, what are your thoughts on the finale last night? Oh, man. So it's it's funny because I watch two, I don't watch a lot of TV. I never have time, but I watch two things. I watch The Bachelor and I watch NFL Network. Oh, love. So, so it's quite the, quite the tandem duo right there. But I, you know, I was in love with Cassie. I think I was in love with her from the very first moment <laughs> that I gorgeous. saw her. Oh my gosh. I think I even loved her before Colton did. So I was pretty upset to see the ending to be honest, because I was, I was kind of hoping she would be single, but that's not the case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, you know, I'm not, I don't know if I totally buy her full turn yet, but maybe that's just the cynic in me. We'll see. We'll see how it develops. Or positive thinking for me. You never or, know. Or that, you know, I'm just trying to make, make things work out for you is what's happening. I wish, I wish them the best, but if it doesn't, you know, I'm always here. So. <laughs> Slide into those DMs as they say. Right. <laughs> Well, Katie, thank you so much for being on Burn It All Down. You are uh, an inspiration to all of us and I uh, can't thank wait to follow you so your much. career. 
I appreciate it.